think that it should it shouldn't be. I mean, I I I always said for private, but it should not be on anything else either. Okay. <coughs> for right now. <sighs> I played pickleball for the first time yesterday. It's kind of like tennis, but it's like um, it's like maybe half a tennis court. Oh, and you smack pebbles. it against the wall, right? No, that's uh, Racket. it's like racquetball, oh. yeah. But I'm like really sore. Oh, it looks like we're live, so okay. probably getting our. Our pickleball takes. Yeah. <laughs> Take us away, Pastor <laughs> uh, Welcome back to our Bible study. Uh, we're recording it here on Thursday morning, whether you're watching it Thursday afternoon or Sunday morning or whenever. Uh, welcome. We are uh, in the book of Galatians. Um, this is, you know, I think, can't remember if it was you or Pastor Bugler on Sunday mentioned, but this is one of the key books to Martin Luther's theology, you know, Christian freedom. Um, and it's, it is one of those books that uh, I think for a lot of, uh, it's not as straightforward. Sometimes you might need to read it a second time for mm -hmm. certain things, um, but that's okay. You know, sometimes it's important to read it a second time. Um, but today we're going to be looking at uh, chapter three. Um, so yeah, Master Smith, would you uh, kick us off? Uh, Galatians chapter three. Why don't you read one through nine, please? Sure. I love the first. I would love the first line yes. <laughs> here too. Uh, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this: Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All right, so uh, what's... <laughs> I'll ask the question, I might know where you're going. Uh, what stands out to you here? <laughs> <laughs> Paul's a little worked up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think maybe we talked about this. I, I had a professor, um, Dr. Cloa. Uh, I can't remember if he overlapped with you. He might have gone. Bit. I didn't have him. But. Okay. Well, I, I took a class with him on um, the Paul, Paul's letters, basically. And he one time paraphrased the whole letter of Galatians. Hmm. Um, kind of paraphr kind of like like his own translation from the Greek, basically. So not, not really a paraphrase, but he read it in the way that he imagined Paul's emotional ups and downs, and he was like yelling at certain points in the class. So, like, he was like yelling the letter of Galatians at us for 20 minutes. Made you feel like a bunch of sinners, like putting you into the position of the Galatians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so like, yeah, on the opening of, or the first few verses of this chapter, he was, um, you know, basically yeah, yelling at us. And, and I think that's what Paul, you know, Paul is so, Frustrated, you know, he's he's not angry. He's disappointed. 
in oh, a passionate but way. But he also is angry, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just so, he is angry. He's passionate that he has shared the full gospel with them. And then he's gone off because he, he isn't able to stay in one place. And then other people have come in and subverted the gospel teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, looking back, because uh, it's, it's important to remember the context, like you were just starting to allude to. Uh, this is one of Paul's uh, not happy letters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I just think it's important to look at, you know, his introduction uh, in chapter one. You know, he gives his greeting, and the very first thing is, I'm astonished you so quickly are deserting him. Mm-hmm. He calls you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. I think that is kind of the the tone of the whole book, and um, and so he's he's really upset, and mm-hmm. it is uh, a righteous anger. I know there's no such thing, but uh, for us humans, but yeah, it, it's you know he's he's angry for the right stuff. Like he's angry that they have uh, turned to a different gospel. And what what is the different gospel that they've turned to? Yeah, it's, it's based on these works, and some of them are, well, most of them are like, the, we would say, the Levitical laws or things that, that we read about in the Old Testament, um, where some of the Jewish teachers are saying, no, even with Jesus, even with the stuff that Jesus has done that you've learned about Jesus, that kind of only starts the process of being saved. You still have to do all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And I think they're even kind of adding some new ones. Well, I mean, yeah. We know that over the centuries, there were a lot more laws that were kind of added on. I mean, Jesus rails against some of those, too, in the Gospels. But, yeah, it's this, I mean, we, we've used this commonly. You know, you and Pastor Bugler and I, this uh, Jesus Plus. You know, you mm-hmm. mentioned it in your sermon. Mm-hmm. and um, that's That's basically the... Yeah, it's kind of like there's the Jesus realistic gospel, and then there's the Jesus plus gospel, and then there's there's other ones too. But that's the main one that Paul is is uh, addressing here. Yeah, yeah, and so um, <clears throat> he's really, you know, this foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. I think is just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's I just picture him writing, and he just gets himself worked up again. You know, mm-hmm. continuing with the first verse, like, you know, we've all been in one of those where it's like, y- you just need to let out some steam, and it's like, oh, and another thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Or then later in the day, you think you're done. Yeah. And then, like, something, yeah, something yeah. else triggers, or something, you just, you get worked up all over again. Yeah. And not <laughs> saying that that's, uh, that, you know, that's, that's sinful. We need to mm-hmm. repent when that happens, but just yeah. kind of comparing it to that where, you know, Paul's getting riled up again. Mm. So, verses 5 and 6. I, I know he, throughout this book, throughout this chapter, he kind of talks about this, but I think 5 and 6 is interesting. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and miracles works... Well, let me restart. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Mm. So... I think, you know, obviously he says it in a number of different ways, but I think this is really important to the glimpse of, uh, a quick little glimpse of his whole book at, uh, his whole letter to the Galatians. Mm-hmm. What is he, what is he getting at here? Um, 
Why does he Why does he bring up Abraham? Yeah, he brings up Abraham, and this is. We read this on like January 11th or something of the Read Scripture Challenge, you know, way back when. But it's it's a very it's a very important verse that Paul uses, and I think that Lutherans really like to use. It's uh, Genesis 15 verse 6, where God is promising that. He's going to make a great nation out of Abraham. You know, he's going to have, you know, he didn't think he was ever going to have a child, much less so many descendants that he can't count. He's going to take him to the promised land. And it's pretty crazy things that God is promising, but then Abraham actually believes him. And it says that um, God credited it to him as righteousness. And so this is this, um, I mean, you know, Paul's building this theology of, salvation by faith, you know, the righteousness that comes by faith, um, which Martin Luther, as we alluded to, also would really hammer home too. Um, but this is, yeah, it's an example of someone who was chosen by God and called righteous, not through any merit or worthiness in them. It's just simply believing God's promises. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's saying, you know, just if you believe God's promises in Christ Jesus, crucified and risen for you, that's it. You know, um, as far as your salvation is concerned, you don't have to do all of this laundry list of things that, you know, so it's it's just Paul's trying to lift Jesus up and other people are trying to diminish the work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the, no, one's, no one's saying here that Jesus is nothing, but really if, if you take Jesus out of the, the most important, the most central spot, you are sooner or later going to lose sight of him mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and so Paul here, you know, he's, I think I see it kind of as like he's setting up two things. He's saying, uh, uh, does, you know, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles money do so by works of the law mm-hmm. or by uh, hearing with faith? And then the hearing with faith one, he compares to Abraham. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's one of those where it's like, you know, we when you pose a question, is it good to eat food or is it bad to eat food? Mm-hmm. It's good to eat food. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a yeah. obvious answer. Yeah. yeah. And and he's getting to say like, yeah, it, it's by believing. Mm-hmm. It's not by the works. Yeah. And so he's uh, really separating those two and, and elevating uh, mm-hmm. elevating Abraham, who is an important figure. In, in the history of the Jews. Oh yeah, absolutely. Abraham's right. Abraham, Moses, there's nobody else really bigger than no. those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Anything else from this section? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, there's there's lots in there, but there, there's more coming here. Yeah. All right, I'll take the next part. Uh, Galatians three ten through fourteen. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of law, book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not faith, uh, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from uh, under the sorry, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that Christ is the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, 
Uh, same question. Does anything stand out to you here? <laughs> um, well, I, I just love I just love when Paul is. Um, I love when he quotes scripture mm-hmm. in his letters because it's I, it's always very striking. You know, like when we, like we're reading the New Testament, we're like, man, he's quoting like the scripture of the day and you know and then then like you know now in, in our day you know like when we're preaching or you know interesting conversation we're also quoting scripture but yeah he's quoting um this is a you know this is Habakkuk right that he's that he's quoting the righteous shall live by faith um but yeah I I think he's going down the path of you know talking about well you can you could try to become righteous by a different, by something other than just believing in Christ, but it ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that then that's why Christ had to come and you know, take that curse upon Himself for all the the time. You know that that none of us have been able to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think. Um, you know, he uses another scripture. The yeah. Cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Yeah. That's, that's Leviticus, right? I think it, it. I think it's in there. Yeah. yeah. One of those. Yeah. two books. Yeah. Um. And <clears throat> you know, so it's interesting how he takes takes the topic of being cursed by sin and kind of uses that idea of cursed and mm-hmm. not changing gears, but kind of shifting gears a little bit equates it to Christ how you know not only did he become a curse uh, did he come under the law and become a curse to, by sin but so far to the point of being cursed by hanging on a tree yeah and so it really you know for Paul everything goes back to Christ the crucified you know he he describes Jesus that way a lot as Christ the crucified mm-hmm. that that aspect of the fact that you know he was he went through the process of crucifixion you know being hung on a on a cross being tortured being killed that is central to uh to paul's to to the gospel message but mm-hmm. especially to paul he you know identifies him mm-hmm. christ the crucified a lot and so yeah. um just a way of connecting well you are under a curse because of sin yeah. and Jesus took upon himself mm-hmm. that curse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not only did he take all the sins of the world upon himself, but he died a shameful, cursed, like, death of a lawbreaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's... You have to think that God specifically chose this manner of death because it showed, like, more like what he was doing in our place. Yeah, it, it was you know he could have died in a much quieter mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, way, but it's this very public, horrific death, um, showing that just yeah the lengths to which he will go to take the the curse of the entire human race upon himself. Yeah, and and, and I love the connection too at the end. Um, unless you were going to talk about that, I, I was going to talk about the the last verse. I was going okay. to say something yeah. about that. I, you kind of were getting to it, but. The fact that, like, you know, he could have taken the curse, mm-hmm. but instead he, well, not instead, in addition, he became a curse. Yeah. 
and yeah. and just like you know because he could have he could have died the death that he he could have died a, a death aside from what he did mm-hmm. but he you know th- and this connects back to to Old Testament to the Levitical laws you know where like this is like I said disgraceful mm-hmm. this is shameful this is this is bad like you know the curse of God is put on somebody who is hanged on a tree mm-hmm. and so uh, just the the fullness of like there got like like you said God didn't hold back mm-hmm. he went for the the full enchilada <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah there's probably something in there too you know we probably for a different time where you could kind of put the way that Judas dies up against it, you know, it's like, like Judas um, sees that he has sinned, sees that he is a, a cursed by sin, um, but then doesn't trust in the one who's going to, to die that same death, you know, that similar death um, for him. Yeah. That's one of the most, I, I don't know, I don't know how, we're getting way off track, but I, I don't know how the biblical reader is supposed to view the Judas hanging. Um, I don't. I don't think anyone really reads it with like a yeah, that guy had that coming. I, I read it as like one of the most tragic stories, like in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like this guy who, you know, I mean, there's there's negative things told about him in little snippets throughout the gospel, but you still you, you don't want this guy. To end that way, you know, and then then you have Peter, you know, contrasting. Peter doesn't deliver him to be arrested, but he, you know, denies him, denies even knowing him. Yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, and and so then you know, Peter, Peter could have gone out and wept bitterly and ended things too, but but then we have this beautiful restoration story. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's again. We'll save this for uh, for Lent, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I I just really liked the way that Paul tied this back in. He, he's working with this, you know, back in Genesis again, Genesis chapter 12, where we have the the sevenfold promise to Abraham, well, Abram at that point, and he says, you know, like, through you, all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And so he, in verse 14, says that, you know, Jesus takes the curse, so the, that the blessing of Abraham might come uh, well, he says to the Gentiles specifically, mm. but I think that's what he's trying to get at is it's not, so, you know, hey, it's not just for, you know, salvation by God is not just for Jews who are doing these works of the law given long ago by Moses. They're also given, you know, God's, God's tucked these promises away in Scripture. And um, that's why these, these types of books are so important for us to understand the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like Paul is writing, in view of Christ, what does the Old Testament mean? Like this, this is why we can go through the Old Testament and see Jesus all over the place, because the, the Spirit, through the words of Paul, has given us this understanding now. So it's yeah. so refreshing. It's like, oh, that, that's right. That's how we know how to tie those things all together. It's, <laughs> it's like a good movie that, uh, you know, has foreshadowed a little bit yeah and then it all comes together and and like you get goosebumps you're like Mm -hmm. oh my goodness i did not see that coming but yet it makes sense yeah like Mm -hmm. because you you know i don't think that the jews would have thought that like no 
God through the, the prophets did say that, you know, there would be this river coming from Zion. Mm -hmm. You know, like he, he talked about it, but yeah. the Jews were God's chosen people. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just yeah, how yeah. it was. And yet there mm -hmm. were, like you said, little things tucked away. Little things yeah. that, like, once the big reveal comes, mm -hmm. all these pieces are lined up and it's like, yeah. it all clicks and it's like, mm -hmm. literally, oh my God, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like if you if you're someone who likes to read like reread your favorite series of books or rewatch TV shows or movies. Yeah, sometimes you know you finish the sixth season TV show, you go back to like season one and two, and you're like, that was there. They <laughs> did. That was right in front of me. But yeah, so it's like you know going back. Um, that's why we recommend not just reading the Bible one time in your life. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know going back and. Examining things, yeah, in light of the, the 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 entirety of Scripture, but yeah, yeah, what a book this is! Yeah, what a revelation <laughs> from God. All right, let's uh, finish it off. You get the the long section. Would you read three verses fifteen through twenty nine, please? That's why I got up today to do. Yeah, so okay, so Galatians three, starting with verse fifteen, to give a human example, brothers. Even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus." And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. A lot there. Yeah. So, right away, this, this struck me when I was preparing this Bible study. Um, you know, the section before, uh, you know, it kind of sets up this situation of like, okay, hypothetically, in theory, could somebody, uh, could somebody, you know, be justified by keeping all the law mm -hmm. in theory yes but in this section you know they wouldn't be part of 
promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I think, you know, when we, when I teach confirmation, you know, talk about, okay, you know, in, in theory, you know, if somebody could, could keep the law, then they wouldn't have need for a savior. You know, in theory, it would never happen because we're even born into sin. Mm-hmm. And sin begets sin. You know, we're born sinners, we do sinful things. Mm-hmm. But in theory, if somebody could, they would not need a savior. Mm-hmm. But Paul here is saying that they wouldn't be part of that promise because yeah. being a part of that promise comes by faith, not keeping the law. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like uh, he, he's, he's lifting up this higher and higher and he's saying okay if you could do this then then you know you're good but then he drops it on him and says yeah but even if you do yeah. you're not a part of this promise because it doesn't come by keeping the law it comes by faith mm-hmm. and that's just like a bombshell yeah that drops absolutely and yeah he, making that distinction because I, I think I think there is there is a sense even as we're reading through the Bible um, it does seem like the Sinai covenant and all the laws that are given through Moses that gets a lot more screen time, so to speak, in the Old Testament than the promise made to Abraham. Mm-hmm. But Paul's saying, no, 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 that promise with Abraham is still that's like running the show. This other one is really put in place because you guys just can't stop sinning. <laughs> yeah. So so the Sinai thing is like, it's given because of the weakness and frailty and sin of humankind. Um, it's not really something to, to be glorified. It's something, like Paul's saying, yeah, this thing, this thing is only here for a little while. It's like your babysitter. It's got, you know, its shift is going to end at some point. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go home. It's going to retire, you know. Like, like at, at least, well, it is complicated. I mean, there are, are still some uses for it, right. but it's it's going to have a diminished role. Mm-hmm. Um, remind yeah. us, remind us, what came first, the promise to Abraham or the uh, covenant on Sinai? Yeah, well, so the promise to Abraham um, certainly comes first. So, you know, you're reading in the pretty early parts of Genesis the promise to Abraham. So, you know, you've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Then, you know, then all of God's people are in Egypt, and then they, they come out. So, I mean, this is, it's something like um, 500 years. Well, no, well, I guess he says 430 years, right? Yeah, he says 430 years. Yeah. In, in verse 17, yeah. Yeah, so that's just a, a good, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. talking about, like, what, what holds more water. Yeah, you know it's the one that's been there longer. It's mm-hmm. the one that uh, <laughs> the one that doesn't have to do with uh, with the people keeping their end of the covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the covenant with yeah. Abraham is a covenant of faith. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. And so that's yeah. yeah that. Well, and, and and ultimately, the law is put in place because we. Because we just we need direction, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so yeah, I mean, the the hope is that you will, because of your identity as a, as a child of God, you know. So even like like the Israelites coming out of Egypt, the 
the hope is that, yeah, because of their identity, they will then desire to live in this way according to this law as a set-apart people of God. But it's, it really, yeah, it ought to be more like this, 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 this desire placed into them, like by the Spirit of God, rather than something to achieve, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, kind, I'm in, but I'm also, I don't feel very secure, so maybe if I do all this stuff, then God will love me or something, and yeah, that's just, we have it, they had it backward, we did it backward, you know, all the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is, I, I think we, we do have, there are some stumbling blocks for us in thinking about these these things, I mean, now Martin Luther saw very clearly, like like in his day, that some of this stuff was beginning to happen again. <clears throat> I think he felt like he was, you know, preaching to the German Galatians <laughs> so <laughs> often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, anyway, but <laughs> um, one last thing I, I want to just briefly talk about this this. It's really interesting. Verse 24 says, mm. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. Who or what is the law guarding us from? Well, my, <laughs> well multiple things. I, th- I think one thing is it, it's guarding us like from ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's guarding us from, you know, from Satan and from any type of temptations to sin, I guess attacks like But that. isn't the law bad? I the thought law. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh wow. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend, is that what <laughs> um, That was very much a joke. The law is not bad. Um, yeah. It's just kind of, you know, because a lot of times, yeah. you know, this uh, I think typically thrown around like people who are not Christians mm-hmm. look at Christians and say, oh, it's just a bunch of laws that want to yeah. control your life and mm-hmm. make you to not have fun. Um, yeah, but the law is good. You know, another yeah. way to think about this, and and I found this more and more helpful as I've taught it for confirmation for religion class, is the law is God's will. Mm-hmm. It's how God yeah. wants us to live. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that that is protecting us. You know, people say, oh, you, you don't. God doesn't want you to have fun. Well, what's what's your definition of fun? That is, you know, would be nixed by being under God's law, being yeah. in God's will, because mm-hmm. any way you want to have fun that is not in God's will mm-hmm. is going to have pretty severe consequences yeah. at some point. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, God's law, while while sometimes we feel crushed by God's law when we don't live according to it, mm-hmm. it feels bad, it doesn't mean it is bad. Yeah. The law is good and is a blessing yeah. for us. That that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's still yeah God's will. It's still God's law. It's God's law and it's God's gospel. Mm-hmm. He uses them both. Um, yeah, and isn't that the truth? We constantly like you, you use the term like like wanting to have fun. We constantly will. We want to have fun right up at the boundary line or just barely over. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's just the nature. Like whenever. Whenever I, I mean, this is this is how, who I am, you know, one of your pastors here. If I hear what a rule is or something, I'm constantly thinking right away. Yeah, I wonder how much wiggle room there is in that rule, <laughs> or or what about this scenario? Maybe that doesn't apply. Maybe I can do that thing 
that you said I can't do? What about like in this weird scenario that I can invent? Um, <laughs> loopholes. We, we do that all the time. You know, loopholes. We love loopholes. Um, that's what, yeah, like the Sermon on the Mount is talking about a lot of loopholes where Jesus is saying, you know, here's what the law says, but now I'm, I'm even like taking away some of your loopholes by giving even a stronger word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we love, we love the loopholes. But yeah, lot, lots going on here, and and I think that should be one takeaway. Is as with anything good that God gives us, we we can turn the law into something bad if it becomes an idol. Yeah, you know, and we can make new laws too. You know, yeah. I think like with our you know doing our read scripture challenge, like that could even be you know well I have to do this like out of oh, the sense yeah. of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, now. I will say, sometimes you need a motivation to get into a habit. Yeah. But, you know, once it's like, uh, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. This is what God is expecting of me. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you turn something that is a get-to into a have-to, yeah, you got to be careful, even a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, God, I did my devotional video on this today. Uh, tithing. Tithing is a good thing. It's something like, God wants, but as soon as God loves a cheerful giver, mm-hmm. you know God doesn't want us to be like, okay, uh, I have to do this, otherwise God is going to be no. Yeah. We give from mm-hmm. the the we give out of the abundance that God has blessed us with, yeah, in a response to, mm-hmm. not out of a I have to in yeah. order to. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good yeah. Those are a couple good examples of maybe laws that we might you know like, like a legalistic thing where it could become and and this is this is again reading your bible giving an offering beautiful wonderful things that god is intending for us to do but if if that if it becomes if you're sitting you know sitting awake you know laying awake in the middle of the night thinking how do i know i'm saved and if if the first two things you're thinking are well i give an offering <laughs> Regularly, I've been doing pretty good on this read scripture challenge. You know, um, those are things to celebrate as like fruits of your faith, but but not like it's not on your resume. Like on your resume to get into heaven, uh, there's just one. There's one word. It's Jesus, mm-hmm. and he wrote. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you didn't really have anything. And Jesus just kind of inserted kind of his his resume in your place. Stamped. Yeah. All the rest of our resumes have been shredded because they're worthless. But yeah. Jesus hands his on behalf of. What's this All no world. business experience? Uh, <laughs> you failed high school. Like, nothing good. Yeah, yeah, we've got a rap sheet. Yeah, pretty yeah. long. But uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, the the role of the law, you know, curb, mirror, guide, mm-hmm. the guide for us, I think, for how to live as faithful followers of Jesus, and that's what Paul is, is lifting, and and he does that on and off in this letter too. Mm-hmm. He just has to rail against the wrong yeah. usage of the law yeah. of Omeratha. But powerful way to bring the Abraham story in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these people know about Abraham. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Smith. Um, so you're going to be ambitious this weekend, huh? Two, you're covering two books of the Bible. I'm trying to, Ephesians and Philippians. Um, a couple passages about the... The powerful grace of God to save us, and then how our works 
anything anything that we might have anything we might look at in ourselves as a reason for confidence as it pertains to like our salvation um, is going to be loss rubbish you know the different ways to translate the word that Paul uses in Philippians rubbish is the best rubbish word. is the, the, only the church appropriate yeah. way <laughs> it's the only time as Amer- as like not, not <laughs> yeah. uh, Europeans that we use that word that's true yes <laughs> yeah American English yeah so so we'll, we'll look at those uh, at, yeah some of those writings from Paul this weekend all right, we're well, looking forward to it. Hope to see you there uh, in person or online. Um, yeah, enjoy the nice weather while it lasts. I hear that there's snow coming soon, so enjoy it. Buckle up. <laughs> All right, have a good one. When is, when is the snow coming?